0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Record. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby. It doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I am J.B., alone in the rugby dungeon but not completely alone because down the line is tim cocker how are you tim
2: very well thank you very much jb thoroughly enjoyed an 80 minutes of intense rugby i can't wait to talk about it yeah and an
1: absolute player phil is in a hotel room in <laughs> earl's court i mean what are you doing there phil <laughs> what do you think i'm
3: doing i'm uh, gonna get a good eight nine hours sleep ready for a hard day on site tomorrow
1: oh right are you allowed to be on site in the state that you're getting in tonight in the morning (laughs) um well i did
3: have i'm I'm kind of well rested i mean i mean well rested that
1: like that state
3: well i will be very well rested because i had my um my second jab uh, this this evening, 10 minutes before kickoff in the Lions
1: game. Wow, look at that timing of jabs to not interfere with rugby. That is phenomenal. That is well, fun- it's, been you, it's been lovely
3: knowing you, Phil.
2: It's been lovely knowing you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Right, well, we've got a lot of rugby to talk about. We've got the Lions to talk about. the The tour has finally started, but it's not the only tour in town because the week after next, tell me the date, Tim. 24th, 25th
2: of July, but the 24th is the Saturday when the rugby happens at North Dorset Rugby Club in Gillingham, and it's also the day of the first test, which will be on a giant jumbo screen in the clubhouse with a massive crowd of people there, including us. Including and then us. on the Sunday, we've got a live show.
1: Yeah, we've got two celebrity coaches for our, uh, our well, well, a celebrity coach for our sevens, a future Jamaican sevens great, I'm pretty sure, and a celebrity coach for our tens, who we will announce next week when... We actually have 100% concrete confirmation. We finally have a sevens team out. We have one more space. One more space if you're over 35, you're a vet, and you want to come down to not an animal doctor or an Exxon Forces guy, a a veteran over 35, and you want to play uh, in our tens. So if you are that one lucky person, get in contact ASAP. Right. ContactEdChasers
2: at gmail.com. ContactEdChasers at gmail.com. Is that email for that or anything else?
1: Exactly. Right. Finally, the Lions Tour started today. I have waited for this day for a long, long time. Everything else has been superfluous. Today was the real start. Do you both agree?
3: Yes. 100%.
2: Well, of course, I totally disagree because it's been amazing, and all of the coverage on uh, the TalkSport network, of which I've been
1: part, has been utterly essential up until now. Well, I think the problem I've had is I haven't been listening to enough TalkSport because if I had, I think I'd already be in the lion's spirit. A hundred percent,
2: mate.
3: Agreed. I'm, I've only listened to a few shows, so I'm only semi-hyped up to this point. But I'm, i I am now fully hyped.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it was awesome today. So good.
1: Yeah, I, I said last week the, the tour hasn't captured my imagination, but out of nowhere, South Africa just decided to play every, everybody. I mean, I say everybody. It really was everybody. There were some guys on there. Can you imagine um, Owen Farrell showing up, uh, turning up for the Saxons? Because <laughs> that's what we just saw. Or toji uh, It's unreal,
2: isn't it? I mean, that, that's I was watching that side, and yeah, I've got to say, there's a few people. The the blonde number nine could really step up to to the full Springbok side. I reckon
1: by the he could He's be all right. Him, he? He?
3: Yeah, those, those two second rows were handy as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it was quite an incredible thing to see. Now, I am now thinking that South Africa have what we call the Leinster paradox, which is what is more valuable: getting your game time together as a team. Or playing no rugby to make sure everyone is available for the test, because a lot has been made of South Africa not playing much rugby as a team, and indeed they haven't. Some of the constituent parts have played rugby: Fafter Clerk being one. Um, everyone else who plays in uh, in Europe would be, you know, all the others. But a lot of these lads have not had that mu- that much that much rugby, so they find themselves in literally the exact same situation that the Pro 14 teams find themselves in. Well, the Irish teams, at least, when when they're rotating. So again we'll revisit it. What's more important, having everyone available or getting the, the cohesive uh, squad together?
3: Yeah. And, and it's, it's a point that um, Argentina, when they finally beat the All Blacks last year, they had uh, no game time under their belt. They'd been in quarantine for a couple of weeks. They'd, they'd, in fact, they'd not even been able to train properly as a team for an, ex- a, an enormous period of time. And yet they were fresh. They were firing. And importantly, we saw then, as we saw today, they were incredibly motivated to make a point. And this, yeah. this South Africa team, it seemed incredibly motivated. Yeah. yeah,
2: agreed. And also, before the game and in the build-up to it, Rassi Rasmus, he said he didn't really have concerns about game plan style, um, tactics and all the rest of it. Because I think that is a little bit like riding a bike, particularly when they had they they had months together during the World Cup. They've been together for a while they're all exceptional players. That'll be fine. He said the main focus for him was match fitness. And I think you saw a little bit of what he was talking about there because as much as the Lions definitely improved in the second half, mm. I think the, the, the lack of game time took its toll from a match fitness perspective on South Africa. So frightening for the Lions, they will be much, much better. Well, that's actually, that's a question. Who will, throw your paradox question back at you in, a, in another way, who will benefit most from that 80 minutes, whose improvement yeah, what could be greater off the back of it?
1: Well, I mean, the Lions need to improve more, I would say. Looking at these two teams, uh, South Africa, the first 20 minutes, I thought the Lions were in for an absolute hiding. Now, the fact that the Lions dealt with it, and this is a strong Lions team. Any Lions team is a strong team. You can't remember that. Any Lions team is a very, very strong team, but it's not their test team. On the other hand, this is not South Africa's test team. And even though it is a draw... Well, sorry, 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 it's not a draw. Even though it was a win to South Africa in the end, my feeling is both teams will feel fairly fairly okay about how this turned out in a weird way. Because I don't think after the first 20, the Lions thought they'd even be in it.
3: Yeah, you you could certainly have seen it going that way. I mean, it it looked... um... Well, it was it was totally dominant that that first half for South Africa, and even even at the end of the first half, where the Lions got deep into South Africa's twenty-two, um, South Africa conceded two yellow cards, and they still held the Lions out. And you thought at the end of that period of of play, when uh, Lions went in at halftime seventeen-three down, you thought, God, they've they've missed their chance, and South Africa will get stronger from this point. Yeah, actually. Testament to the lions that they did come back into it uh testament to their their fitness and conditioning and South Africa I won't say struggled in the second half but some of that lack of game time um took its toll and also i mean uh, this is this is a South Africa a side albeit in in name only but also it's not a full test side it is I don't know, sixty percent of a full test side, something like that. It's almost. I, I was there, thinking
2: isn't it? actually, I think that there's. It's fairly comparable the number of players that will come in for the test fifteen or twenty three for South Africa and for the Lions as well. I think there was enough of
3: the yeah. starting
2: Lions test side that actually it was fairly comparable.
3: Who I- I'd ag- I'd I'd agree with that.
1: Yeah. Who is it that you that you'd be replacing in the Lions team? Who doesn't Who's? Deser, um, who doesn't deserve to be there at the moment if it's a test tomorrow?
2: Well, a lot of it's just you're coming down one side, the marginal calls in a lot of cases. Like Lucette, the first number, number one, would be one of those. I think I would just edge Rory Sutherland Ooh. over Wynne Jones, but I, th- I could see it going the other way.
1: I thought Wynne Jones was brilliant. For example.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. He was decent today, and I thought Ken Owens was really good, but I think he'll just come down on the side of Jamie George. Yeah, I mean, yeah look,
1: and, and
3: similarly, you could go Mako because Mako looked great when he came off the bench today. He
1: did, he did. Slightly bigger boy as well. You know, Mario Ian, uh, uh, Ian Henderson. I, I thought Josh Navidi was good. Josh Navidi fills me with confidence when he's three yards away from a breakdown. I just think he's brilliant. Yeah, Navidi was good. but the, Ty, the, Ty
2: yeah. Burns has been so good. And Courtney Laws has been one of the best players on tour when he's played.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's a great shout. Uh, lots of praise for, for Tom Curry today. But if anyone is used to wrangling large South Africans, I guess he would fit that bill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, he
3: was I mean, awesome. I, I thought Tom Curry was the best player on the pitch. I, I thought Tom Curry had a magnificent today yeah
2: him <laughs> him closely but him or and or itoji were, were both immense well
1: give the devil yeah. it give the devil his due what did steven jones say on twitter the other day he said uh all that tom curry needs to do is show up my word did tom curry show up
3: he he i, I mean i i said um a long time ago i think you you would be hard pushed to find someone um to knock him off either the seven or the six or or indeed the eight shirt but I was certain for a long time that Tom Curry would be starting in a test if he was fit. Yeah, I, And I, he, he proved it today, that he was
1: magnificent. But
2: I, I, It's testament to it's testament to Hamish Watson that he needed to prove it, though, I guess, because oh, that, that's how good he's been.
1: I, I look at Hamish Watson, I look at Curry, I look at Navidi, I look at um, Byrne. I'm thinking all of these guys are test quality. I mean, they're obviously test quality because they're internationals, but I think it goes back to what you said, Tim. It's such a fine margin between any of them. Yeah, Tom Curry was great today. How good has Hamish Watson been for the last three games, though?
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he's he been sensational. I mean, it, it is... It it will come down to whether Size. he wants two to kind of more fetchers, smaller, slightly more dynamic players, or he wants a taller, bigger bodied, um, additional line-out option. And he, he um, Gatland is blessed because he can go either way and have world-class talent in... in with depth as well. What way do you think he'll go? And what way
2: would you go? Because I think it's not just that back row balance. I think that will be indicative of the way that he plays. And I can't, I've got a feeling he might go a little bit more gung-ho than I'd thought he would for the the tests.
3: I'm I'm with you. I've thought for a long time, I I was certain for a long time that he was going to play Marrow or burn or laws at six, and I think maybe now I'm I'm seeing it a bit more in the flesh. I think he might go, Curry and Watson, or yeah. Curry and Navidi, or possibly, albeit as unlikely, Curry and Simmons. Do
1: you know? Last Lions tour was much easier to predict because Gatland took his attack coach from Wales, and you could just think, well, what do Wales do? What does he like? And you know, invariably, you'd be, be right. I don't think it's at all easy to tell what he's going to do because the defence coach is obviously uh, from Scotland, the attack coach is from Scotland. You can see things which I haven't seen from a Gatlin team very often, which is very late arriving around co- corners on attack. They are constantly coming very, very deep, which you know it isn't the uh, so-called Gatlin ball of old. This is very much more expansive and it's very much more based on structure. So, and I don't mean the negative type of r- rugby by numbers. Not that that is negative, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so, it's going to be much harder to actually work out what the intentions are to pick this team.
3: Yeah, I, I think one of the areas for the lines that they will change will be the centres. I think I think Bundyaki and Chris Harris played played well, mm. but I think I think they are more of a route one, more slightly more limited than you can potentially have. Um, I I was expecting Henshaw to be playing in the test match subject to fitness and I think I I know Daly kind of came on to cover um, back three I thought thought Daly had a brilliant game I thought he played really really well when he came on made some big hits made some good yards kicked intelligently hands were good so he might be he might be playing his, his way into a starting jersey maybe in the 13 channel what? or maybe he's just too useful as a the utility back if you go for a 6-2 split
1: am i crazy to say mm. this but i can draw direct comparisons to what chris harris can do for the lions to what lukano am does for south africa
3: i yeah i can see that big big strong boy defensive leader um, hard runner and then um, just let's do- has, has got has He's got the option for hands, but it's not his primary. He's not like a Henry Slade style thirteen.
1: Yeah, and it just lets Damien Dialande do all sorts of other great stuff. Just be a hard carrier. In fact, Dialande and the Cornish are not dissimilar to Aki and Harris today.
3: Y- yeah, you've got to, you've got a kind of match up there, haven't you? Mm. <laughs> kind of well, yeah, matched
2: uh, but up. I, I'm, this, I'm not necessarily saying this at Chris Harris because I think he's been I think he's been really really good as he was in the Six Nations. I'm more sort of picking up on exactly what Phil said about the, the two centres. There actually was quite a few times where they went for the outside channel and sometimes they got a bit of space, but they never, never really stretched that South Africa defence to breaking point. And that is why I actually agree that those two will not, cannot, should not start the test match. And and also I do think it is a limitation of Chris Harris. Mm, so we we in attack with the ball.
1: I think I think I think you can have one, yeah, but not I'm, both. That's exactly what I was about to say. We can have one, but we can't have both. Now the question then becomes: uh, like, who are we bringing in, and why are we bring, bringing them in? Like, who are the other guys that will replace either twelve or thirteen? Because it will be one, but not both. I think.
2: Well, well, Hensh- Henshaw is going to make his return at the weekend. He will be available to play on Saturday, and if he plays anything like Robbie Henshaw can play and improves his fitness and his uh, touch, then he's starting in the Test match either at 12 or 13.
1: So which yes. one, Tim? Who would you rather pair him he with? He can do both.
2: Uh, I think I would go Farrell 10, Henshaw 12, and... Oh, yes, i Mm.
3: You're pushing you push daily Daly or Harris, could, really.
2: Yeah, then I guess Daly or ha- Daily or Harris, or so will he go bigger Farrell Henshaw?
3: I, I th- that's what I feel he will do. I think it might be bigger Farrell Henshaw unless unless Magic Marcus just keeps stepping up. Every every time he played, I mean he played in the semi final, he gets to a final, he plays in the final, he gets an England cap, gets an England cap, he gets a Lions call up. What's going to happen when he gets a Lions call-up?
1: Exactly. You, you know, that Scottish system sometimes relies a lot on the genius of Finn Russell, but there being be no Finn Russell. Who's the most Finn-wrestly on occasion? Marcus Smith. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, you could see an argument for all three of them. So you could see Dan Bigger and Farrell starting with Marcus Smith on the bench. Mental, but it could happen.
3: So my money would be on Bigger, Farrell, Henshaw provided, because obviously Bigger was supposed to start this game, took a knock, but it's yeah. not supposed to be serious as, as I understand it. Henshaw is recovering from a knock. So that would be my uh, tr- tr- predicted choice, providing us yeah, with it.
2: I can go with that. And, and the whole thing, we same with the back row, and you can maybe not have a bigger man in the back row, because well, Tom Curry's a big man anyway, but I, I, you can spread some of that workload and some of the things that those guys would do elsewhere in the team. And I wonder if, if you did go with those three, that actually elevates Duan van der Merwe into a test-starting jersey on the wing, because you can use him in different ways Yeah, he's been good
1: really good so far. Josh Adams has been really... I mean, yeah, before we just go on to the wings, there was one guy playing today... Who looked like a twenty-year-old in his second season of, of, of professional rugby? I've got to say, I thought Lewis Summit did not do particularly well. Hello, hello, hello. Where did everyone go then? I don't know. It it,
3: it froze for me. I don't know if it was my end or your end. Yeah, right. I let me, s- me let me say
1: what I just said again. So yeah, in, in my mind, there was one guy who looked like a 20-year-old in his second season of professional rugby. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought Lewis rees zammit was not particularly as effective as he has been.
3: I I tend to agree from what I've seen of him on this tour as well, not, not just necessarily in this game. And he's... He's undoubtedly an amazing talent, and he will continue to develop over the next, uh, well, five to ten years. He will probably not five years until he will even be in his prime, like true prime. Mm. Um, but but he's, I mean, the step up, two two years ago when he was playing literally schoolboy rugby, the step up to this is <laughs> astronomical. Isn't it amazing? And he's he he seems like one of those players who um, has a- always. Been absolutely amazing when he's able to find the space at this level. He just will not be able to find the space. No, um, he, he will get there. He and he's will even been get there for but, Wales. Um, it takes
1: time. Uh, yeah, if you're going to find your limit, it's not a bad place to find it at 20, year, 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, against that,
2: <laughs> I think uh, he's, found, he's found his limit of an acceptable hairstyle as well.
1: Yeah, that is really right at the limit. Right. I mean, such a handsome boy too. Like, why? Why ruin your hair?
2: Speaking <laughs> Speaking of which, there was um, there was some brilliant comments by Lewis Reese Summit's teammates. Are you still there, guys? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's just the picture froze for a second. Um, there were some brilliant comments on Lewis Reese Summit's Instagram channel. Um, where he posted a picture of himself. Nice black and white photo of him looking pensive in the changing room taken by someone that he posted. Tom Curry in the comments underneath said, Girls will love that. But that wasn't just Tom Curry going, Oh, basically, you look, you look really nice, uh, Lewis. Uh, girls will love that. Tom Curry put that comment in quotation marks, which
1: suggests that
2: <laughs> <laughs> somebody else had said it, and quite possibly <laughs> Lewis 3 Samit himself.
1: Oh wow. no! That's what—that's what I love about, um, well, rugby banter. There's nothing which is really, off, really off limits. You know, you'd have thought that the professional sports might tone it down a bit, but no, no, no. It's not, its only about three or four sentences away from utter meltdown. Yeah. So
2: I'm—I'm I'm here for lions teammates throwing each other under the bus on social media. I think it's hilarious. Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Absolutely. Um, here is an interesting thought. Adam Beard, when he arrived on the scene, was remarkably effective, and he might not do as many things well as a Maruotoji, but to do what he does against those driving mauls, I think he might be playing himself in, in, into into a test stop. I really do.
3: And he is he is a tight headlock as well. Yeah, as in he he's he's just shy of one hundred and thirty kilos. He is enormous. Is he,
1: is he that yeah. big? Yeah, he's he's. Don't forget, he's six foot nine. Good God, I didn't know he was like that substantial. I knew he was tall, but to neutral- yeah. neutralise the the more, that is one hell of a thing. That's that's a rare skill.
2: Yeah, you're right. And a spare a thought for Hendo because Hendo was looking like Marrow's partner for the tests, and then Alan Wynn does the Undertaker and comes back to life. And
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now Adam
2: Beard comes out of nowhere and just has a blinder.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that because, of course, Alan Wynn has returned. Um, what's more surprising? Conor uh, Murray getting the captaincy, Smith being called up, or Connor Murray losing the captaincy?
3: <laughs> um, Alan Wynn coming back is remarkable in that space 18 of time.
2: days. 18 days.
3: At his age as well. I wonder. Right, um, I know it's i was gonna say i know he's i know he's not 100 years old but he is he is in the twilight of his career um it, it takes me it takes me two days to recover from like a, a kind of lightweight leg session at this age um, <laughs> and he's recovering from a, a dislocated shoulder
1: can i make a very conspiratorial point here about alan Win jones
3: is it to do with uh, Fijian witch doctors and healing leaves?
1: Not far from it. But mm. if he was a younger man, say 30 or say 28, something like that, and he knew he had a good few years ahead of him and he had a serious shoulder injury, which could be played through potentially, but needed a surgery or it just wouldn't be wise. It could cause further damage. Maybe he wouldn't be back and because this is basically the, the old war horse on his last hurrah uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's playing through something that he shouldn't play play through or at least I can imagine that situation arising, a shot of this or uh, a painkiller here or there why not, it's literally your last chance
3: I I can see the logic and I can certainly see the mentality yeah, I'm not suggesting that is what's happening but yeah I can, I can understand
1: that mindset would you do
3: it? A hundred percent.
1: I would if do I it if I were him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that is the case. I've heard nothing like that. It does seem like he's just recovered, but yeah, that's the uh, con- that's the conspiracy theorist in me.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: uh, well, um, as, you, as you say, we'll
2: get onto the wings and stuff. But I, I just forgot that we should, as well as congratulating South Africa for playing together as a team for the first time since the Rugby World Cup final, we should congratulate the director of that broadcast for their first ever game in broadcasting
1: <laughs> yeah some remarkable camera work <laughs> unbelievable camera work some might say uh,
3: yeah quite incredible but congratulations on their first um, first ever match
1: yeah uh, first ever time you know, watching yeah.
3: or recording the
1: game. <laughs> first ever time with a camera also, uh,
3: <laughs>
2: i also hope that uh I also hope that the, not necessarily all of the decisions, but I, I hope that the way that the, the the referee and TMO approach this game is indicative of what we're going to get for the test series because they,
1: they let the boys play. They did a bit, didn't they? There were a few things in there, like there was a seatbelt tackle, there was a knock to the head. There were a few things in there which they just let play because the way I was looking at it, this is full-on, Absolute carnage. They weren't high, as in both players were not upright. It was mostly during the phases of play very close to the line when everybody is four foot off the ground. And I just thought, yeah, he just, he's just letting them get on with it. There's no foul play. The only one which deserved some action was Fafter Clerk. You can't close your eyes and keep your hands to, hands by your side. <laughs> I mean, I understand why he did it, been five foot whatever he is, but you can't do it. That, I mean, that you, yeah, yeah. It, you can't say you've not been reckless with your eyes closed. Looking the other way, that 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 FAF one was
3: ludicrous, and it, it's it's a great example of a point that you make, Tim, which is if FAF had been, uh, well, if that was even Etzbeth doing that, and he's whatever well, he is, six <laughs> yeah. eight and one hundred and twenty five kg. There is no way, there is no way on earth that that is only a yellow card. Oh, like if, 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 if 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 um. Twelve out of the fifteen Springboks on the field had done that at that point in time. It is a red card every single time. Well, but Faf got away with it.
1: I'm lucky enough to see Faf on a fairly regular basis, and I, I think he does benefit from the Richie McCaw thing, which is when Richie McCaw steals the ball, no matter what angle it is or how illegal it is, the ref goes, "Oh, it must be legal." <laughs> Richie McCaw did it. So Faf will race (laughs) offside. He'll be in the opposition, you know, the opposition attacking line. He'll do all sorts of things which physically aren't really possible. But the ref goes, "Oh, I guess I've missed something there." So yeah,
3: (laughs) he he got lucky in that because it could have been it could have been a red card and it could have been a ban.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I could have given a red card for that. I've seen red cards given for stuff like that. I I completely agree. Uh, Question for you guys. We have not really spoke about the game, um, because I guess anyone who's just watched it has watched it and knows what happened. So, which are the highlights in this game which make you want to see more of this? So,
3: uh, I'll, I'll answer that in a slightly different way. Mm. There was a, quite a lot of kicking. Um, some of it very good, well-executed. Um, some of the box kicking and the... the um, Kick chases, particularly early on, from the South African side, where I mean, Liam Williams got, got nailed a couple of times. Anthony Watson got nailed. Um, Lewis Free Summit got nailed. Some of that was was amazing. Yeah, but some of the kicking was um, poorly thought through and poorly executed. And 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 that that's from both sides. Mm. Um, Farrell, there was obviously the charge down for the Nkosi try, but a few other times he looked like he'd run out of ideas or run out of options
1: yeah
3: um that that may be that may be a combination I don't, i'm not yeah. entirely blaming farrell there there's there's no. limitations outside him because of that agreed well.
2: agreed it looked like he he had to sort of do dummies and 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 pump fakes a little bit because i wondered if that was the, part
1: of what he was meant to do though didn't you
2: well i think it was a little bit kind of what phil hinted at there i think the the combinations and the and the the players gelling together, it felt like Bundyaki and Chris Harris were not on the same wavelength and they overran him quite a few times. So he had to go behind them. So
1: actually, so the way I saw that, because he almost always pump faked, pump faked, so American, dummied, because he always dummied, he always dummied the short option and then threw the long pass across the face to a shape coming on the corner of the first pod, if that makes sense. So I thought what he was trying to do, I thought that was kind of on purpose, actually.
3: So so I would agree where he had the option out the back. But there was a few times where, and I'm, I'm not just blaming Chris Harrison, and Key here, it's a combination of lots yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. uh, pl- plus other players in, in channels. But there's times where he would do exactly what you're describing, and be looking for that option out the back, but mm. someone has mistimed a run. Uh, either either one of the backfield players or someone who's running the dummy lines and so he was left with no option there was no like no pass on so he carried a couple of times and then went for some speculative um, cross field kicks a couple of times and just the whole thing it looked like it wasn't quite as sharp as it should be
1: yeah I agree it wasn't it's a weird one Farrell is obviously not Finn Russell I, I don't think I need to explain why But that Gregor Townsend system, it does seem to work quite well for him because, yeah, he doesn't have, I don't know, he doesn't have that natural flair that Finn Russell does, but he does have a very nice pass, and he can pick out those options rather nicely. Now, Finn Russell does have a little bit of magic on top of that, but I think Farrell is fairly well suited to it.
2: I think there might be an element of it being, uh, the things we're describing being a a referred pain, like quite often you, you have a bad ankle and actually... When you get to the bottom of it, it's your there's an issue at your hip which mm. gets magnified magnified down your leg. I think it might be an element of that. And if you, when you listen to the what Conor Murray and Maruotoji said after the game and Warren Gatland, they they said the breakdown in the first half was not good. We were not tidy enough. We didn't look after the ball. We didn't get quick ball. And and then you start going oh in that first half, Owen Farrell found himself out of options and players were not really running the lines at the right in being in the right place at the right time. And I think it might be a referred element of just them not taking care of business at the breakdown. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was watching the South
1: African breakdown and I thought they were really efficient. So they were presenting the ball quite long. Uh, When they weren't presenting the ball long, they always had two men over. When they did, they always had one man over. When they had one man over, you could see that they were latching on basically the arse of the guy going over. So they've always got, so they could always burn a man and then the second man would come in and replace him. I thought they're, Their breakdown for a team that haven't been in play for a while was remarkably efficient.
3: Yeah, South Africa were really good Mm. at at, at disrupting and securing ball at the the breakdown, particularly in the first half.
1: Well, my two moments from this game, which makes me absolutely want to see more, were the thirty phases where the best players from the British and Irish, um, British and Irish home nations couldn't get. 5 inches of territory just before half time. Yeah. I thought that was absolutely awesome. I thought it was awesome in 2 yeah. Like just before I move on from that. Is two yellow cards worth it not to concede up until half time? Yes. Uh, one maybe, not two. I, that it was all, you know, it's a weird one because they came away with no points, but I think they might have come off the field thinking that they won the exchange.
3: Yeah, and Scoring before sc- finishing the half with a score is a big psychological boost. Yeah, I, I, I think I genuinely think had the Lions scored then and gone in 17 uh, 10, they win the test. I think that was a, a match winning yellow
1: card. That that second one, oh, so okay. So, I the way I look at it is if Lion, if the Lions had scored and the two yellow cards had been given, basically beat down uh, Lions, have absolutely battered South Africa in that situation. For thirty phases with no yellow cards for South Africa to not concede, obviously games that match South Africa, because of two cards, I just say it like honors even. Maybe even slight but, slight advantage for the Lions.
3: But for two two yellow cards and then Lions got the obviously because there's a penalty for the second yellow card, Lions then have another chance to, to score and they failed. Yes, and true. it's the Lions Lions failing to score against thirteen men after thirty phases. Uh, Preceding both the yellow cards, that's what does it.
1: Yeah, that is that is also true. And the second thing, which what, was I, your, what was your? Oh yeah, what was your second one? Uh, Tom Curry grabbing Alstead. What I love that name, Al, um, Alstead, and just march, Reiner, you know,
2: Elst- Elstatt, right now, Alstead, right, right,
1: yeah, and just walking him back, talking smack to him, presumably saying, you know, I manhandled Dupreez all day long. You're nothing, pal. <laughs> you should see what <laughs> you should see what I do to lewd...
2: <laughs> I think my my moments there was there was one just with the physical physicality in general and I love Mako Vanapola coming on and putting in a, a whopping tackle. That was cool. Um but Cheslin Colby oh, God, like, he, he only God. had five five carries in the whole game. No, he didn't, surely not. He he did. He had five carries in the game Jeez. and made the game breaking contribution.
3: Yeah, yes. I I loved I love seeing Cheslin Colby play, and uh, the two moments—one one, one for him and one against him—that that, um, when Chris Harris is on the kick chase and Chris Harris is comfortable, he knows he's got the space. He knows he can cover the space outside him until he can't. Until Cheslin Colby just steps, accelerates, and is round him in a flash. He went on that Mario. That was amazing. But then Cheslin Colby, uh, Mako nailed him.
1: Yeah, in, in, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was in the. the that, 22- that,
2: that... Yeah, that was the tackle I was referring to. Mako so, named Colby. Yeah. So lost he's it. gone
1: around Chris Harris. He's gone around Mako. Sorry, he's gone around Maro. Mako's one that gets him. Are we going to see more Mako on kick chasing? Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. It's the only. It's the only way forward. It's the only way forward.
2: <laughs> who's Who's your back three for the tests? Uh,
1: back uh, back row or back three?
2: Back three, because the only person because Henshaw's one name we haven't seen, and Hog as well, because Hog. The reason that we haven't seen Hogg is because Gregor Townsend uh, was was the positive test. He's been isolating in his room.
1: Yeah.
2: And Stuart Hogg sits next to him on the bus. And they no, all have to really? sit next to the same person the same person every time. Oh God, how awful. Uh, well for this for this exact reason, for this exact reason, close contact tracing. I'll tell
1: you what though, fair, fair play. They they are getting their games done. So as much as I bemoan it, you know. What can you do? Go on, yeah. Bill.
3: Now we have we, we have seen Hog on the first Sharks game, haven't we? Because he he chased oh, yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he chased down the six. The number eight, four, yeah, yeah. On, six or eight? Yeah, one of the yeah. one of the Sharks back rowers when he broke, and that was an amazing bit of speed. Bit oh, of, yeah, um, we we have seen
2: him. We have seen him, and I assume he'll play this weekend. Hopefully, but. Uh... I'm saying he he starts the test match regardless. He he's starting. Yes. And before 100%. the before the tour, I thought it was the three fullbacks would be the backline: Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, Stuart Hogg. But I'm going Josh Adams and Duane. Yeah, I and Du. Yeah,
3: based How on this
1: tour, same thing.
3: So I I think it will be Josh Adams, but I think Anthony Watson, uh, providing his ankle is okay, and he he did run it off, yeah. but. I think Watson has shown enough. He's, he's such a threat when he gets a little bit of space. He's
1: yeah, very agreed. Good. Uh, yeah, the reason I say Duan and Josh Adams is just based on what they've done on tour. But then thinking about it, what who have they played? Absolute nobody's. So mm, that's <laughs> a fair point. When it comes, fair, to, very good yeah, point. When it comes to the actual, you know, the tests, we're gonna have to go back to, on the, go back and have a look at their CVs. Uh, Josh Adams 100%. you're right p-
2: particularly p- particularly when you tie in the point that Phil made about well you both made about Lewis Rees-Sabit uh, incredible as he is and amazing as he will be being exposed a little bit and you could see that happening to do van der merwe as well
1: yeah yes so be it. Josh Adams Anthony Watson for me and I don't know about fullback I mean I could I could go with Duane and put Anthony Watson at, Fullback, but I just feel he's too good on the wing. Although, apparently, he likes full-back more than wing. I don't know.
3: At full-back is hog, for me. Yeah. <sighs> nothing makes me doubt that. Um, the, Duan is an interesting one, because Duan is he's such a unique threat on the wing. He's, he's such a dangerous runner in open space, and importantly, when you're playing the Springboks in heavy traffic, that I can see him being used, but he does create weaknesses elsewhere because of his defence and the way he reads the game. Mm. Yeah, it's true. So I wouldn't Yeah, I wouldn't start Duan, but I could understand why Gatlin might.
1: Well, that's why we're not paid hundreds of thousands of pounds to pick the Lions team.
3: Yeah, 100%. So basically we're saying we don't know.
1: Yeah, we don't know. We're paid, we're mili-
2: not- we're, we're, we're paid millions to do podcasting instead.
1: Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, uh, d- double, double, at least double for this Lions tour, what Gatlin gets. Each. <laughs> um.
3: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash
1: switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: So, we've done the Lions. Who have they got next, on Saturday?
3: Stormers. Stormers.
1: Stormers. Are, they, are the Stormers going to be any good? Uh, without their spring box,
3: no, um, probably not. They'll probably be about the same level as we've seen already.
1: Fine, We don't really need to worry too much too much about that then.
2: Uh, has no, anyone? No, but, that, that, but that was awesome. Go on, JB. You were going to move us on to. The, I know. I know what you're going to ask. I know what you're going to ask.
1: Yeah, has anyone seen the proposals by World Rugby to reinvigorate the game?
3: So is this the open letter from Bill Beaumont to make? Uh, rugby the most progressive sport in the world for player welfare. I
1: I mean I, I obviously get terrified um when anyone mentions the word progressive. But progressive for welfare, <laughs> I mean maybe if you say it in its literal sense, there's some sense to I mean I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Uh I um well, my initial take is I'm very, very worried about the whole thing.
3: Hmm. Any anything in particular that worries you?
1: Oh yeah, loads. Um, I mean, I've thought about this. I, this isn't a thought which I had independent... Sorry, this isn't a thought which I had because of this uh, latest review. It's one I've had in, um, independently to it from before. And there are a couple of people that I don't like. Okay, I'll give you an example. I don't like trade unions very, very, very much. I don't like them at all. But I really respect them. So I really respect the fact that there is somebody out there who will defend the indefensible time and time again. Doesn't matter what their members get up to, guess who's going to stand up and defend the indefensible. And that's trade unions. I mean, that's a really, really important function that they do. Whether you like them or not, they've got an, an integral part to society. Now, the unions need to start behaving a little bit more like trade unions and start defending the sport and not kowtow all the time to every single demand. Because a lot of these demands are completely insincere. I do think that there is an we need to take care of the professional game. But if you look at what FIFA say about football, they say that the game at the top level should represent the game at the bottom level. So now what we've got is a pro game which is so grossly out of proportion to the grassroots game that the grassroots game has got to follow in the steps of the pro game in order to make it safer and i don't think that they they are remotely similar you're ruining the experience and i also think there's a slight movement here from people outside of the sport to dilute the culture of of rugby not just the sport but the culture and part of the culture is risk-taking it is the idea that we go out every weekend and we take risks with our bodies, with our health. And, of course, at the amateur level, you can get a very serious injury, but you never need to play again. You never need to play again. I would like to see the unions, and particularly the RFU, just defending the game. You know, this is the game that we want to play, the game that we love, and we're going to defend it come hell or high water. Because as soon as you give in, give an inch to any of these lobbyists, any of these external pressure groups, the Alison Pollocks or, you know, whoever else it is, you lose something very, very important, which the game has. And each little piece individually doesn't matter. But when you combine them all, it's an absolute nightmare.
3: So are you worried from a personal perspective that the game that you play and you, you've loved playing, and, and all of us love playing, is going to change to a point where you don't like it?
1: It already has. If that... I mean, it already is. Well, I... So you know, Sorry, is... I, I, know,
3: I know right now it is a totally different game. For for other reasons, but what what's your seatbelt what's tackle? The thing like,
1: a... uh, I'll start with the seatbelt yeah. ta- tackle, right? So the seatbelt tackle will happen numerous times in amateur rugby games, and I don't think that any concussions come from seatbelt tackles, or very very few. But of course, they're just trying to lower the tackle area over, and so it's gone from no touching the head, or no, sorry, it's gone from occasionally lightly touching the head to shoulders to nipple height there's a trial going on at the moment which is shorts for kids this is absolutely nuts like we we know what we signed up to and and we'll play it and the theory is that if we don't change it people will start leaving in their droves well they're leaving in their droves because we're making we're sanitizing the sport to the point where you know there's just nothing there's gonna be nothing to it and if we look at sports where every sport to be fair every sport is suffering for numbers every sport is suffering for participation clubs up and down the country not just sports clubs but institutions and clubs up and down the country are suffering for membership weirdly enough yeah. the sport that doesn't uh, suffer for um, at least viewership and probably participation too in fact I know not for participation it's mixed martial arts because everybody knows that there's a risk involved and it you know, through the pandemic it, it grew uh an awful lot. Uh, it just continues to grow because they're unapologetic about what their product is, what their game is, who who it appeals to. And that's exactly what the union should be doing, which is standing up for the bloody sport, not chipping away at it at every possible opportunity. So, so most, I...
3: have gone Phil. I was going to say, more seatbelt tackles, please, at amateur level.
1: Yeah, well, once, <laughs> the problem is, once you say no seatbelt tackles, you can't then go and say, yeah, can we have seatbelt tackles back? I mean, can you think of one safety law which has been rowed back?
2: So I, I, I can sort of hop in here, and I, I, I'm very sympathetic to what you're saying, JB. Absolutely. And in a lot of ways, I agree. And I think I have to acknowledge that part of that, and this is probably the case for you, is like most people, don't like change. No. And, and you prefer things the way that you enjoyed them and, and you remember them. I, I'm trying to step outside of that and see a broader picture. And I can understand why... You would want to make take reasonable steps to make the game safer to some degree, more accessible, certainly. But that word is that word reasonable is absolutely essential, and I, and I do yeah. under totally understand what you're saying. That I think that there are steps taken far beyond it, and as we're all parents, mm. my kids are slightly old, older than yours, but I'm sure you've seen what I've seen is. I think this is what we're actually talking about is not just rugby this is uh, this this is across the board and you talk you mentioned the word risk JB and whether you look at the the, re, the response to covid whether you look at parenting like you know parents would not dare um, let their kids climb a tree now and we have indoor play areas with everything <laughs> soft and no sharp edges and all the rest it's of true. it you have you go to university and there are safe spaces and trigger warnings uh, the, the, the there is not enough acceptance of and personal calculation of risk and rugby needs to only take reasonable measures and not step beyond that and as for the cultural stuff I'll just chuck in things like I can understand why some people might feel excluded from rugby because of this quote-unquote toxic masculinity I would say the cure for toxic masculinity is not less masculinity it's more masculinity well, well hang on yeah
1: If you want to see, I've I've chucked a lot on the wall there. If you want to see a real um, example of toxic masculinity, it's cowards. I mean, that that is the ultimate, that (laughs) is the ultimate form of toxic 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 masculinity. And you don't find many of them on many of them on on rugby fields. Truth be told, Um, just going back to the whole risk thing. Okay, it is something inside, particularly young men. I don't mind saying that it's something inside young men that seek risk and they seek danger. And by trying to appeal to everybody, rugby will eventually appeal to nobody uh, i you know, i 've seen yeah. this i 've seen this because i 've been to you know mixed martial arts clubs i 've been to jiu jitsu clubs, and you can see where these people are going you know, it's all, it 's you all know, it all goes around in cycles there there will be some people playing, but it won 't be the same people and I guess if the authorities in rugby want to appeal to just different people and gut the game of who would like to play it now and replace them with other you know people who aren't particularly comfortable with the same risks that have been taken before, well, that's fine. And by the way, can I just point out, I am an enormous hypocrite on this. An enormous hypocrite. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because I listen to the stories, uh, particularly in Broughton Park, of what the old boys used to get up to uh, before we played, maybe like a decade before I played senior rugby. Like the fighting, the thuggery, the stamping, the violence. And I would want no part of that. So I'll put my hands up and say, (laughs) you know, even though I'm, Saying that, hey, keep the game as it is now. I can also appreciate the changes to the game which were made in, say, you know, the nineties to stamp out all of the, you know the actual thuggery were probably very very positive. But you know, I just thought I'd. Uh, I just that's thought why, that's I'd, why that, that word
2: it's why that word reasonable measures is important. And, yeah. and and just you know, sorry, this is like right in my wheelhouse with like uh, psychology and, and shit. So I'll try. I, I won't. I won't labour any point or try not to, but rugby exists as many sports exist to satisfy the natural urge that predominantly, as you point out, young men have. Mm. It's like evolutionarily speaking, you look at the animal kingdom and, you know, lion cubs will fight each other, stags will butt heads. Rugby does that for human males, as, as ice hockey does, as boxing does, as all these other sports do so yeah to sanitize it too much is actually to remove the reason why people do it and that some people aren't comfortable with saying that but that is just the facts yeah
3: yeah Uh, and i i i thoroughly i thoroughly agree with that point um that you you do not want to sanitize the game the game has always been a risky game it it should remain a risky game as in it it's exciting it's a physical um battle and we've got to keep that. Yeah, exactly. I, I fall, I fall, fall maybe slightly on the other side of the the um, the boundary from JB in that. I think a lot of the changes that World Rugby have made have tended to be okay, and I think they they mm. probably go about things broadly in the right way. Maybe not always, but I think there is good intentions there. Yeah. Um, just one one other point I want want to do want to make because I think it's a really interesting one is the point Timmy that you made about the the coddling of the American mind to to um, kind of use a, a phrase that has been used elsewhere. Well, that and, book
2: by Jonathan Haidt is well worth a read for anyone that would be a definite read.
3: Yeah. So I've, I've read the initial paper. Was it, was it an article in the Atlantic? Yeah. I've read the initial article. I've not read the full book, but I did read a book um, earlier this year called wayfinding, which is about the um, psychology and indeed the, the brain chemistry of how we read maps and find our way and navigate around the world. Hmm. And one of the things that that, that looked at, is, is quite an interesting read, um, one, one of the things that that, that looked at was um, the sphere of trust for kids now from their parents compared to their parents and compared to their grandparents. And I, I'll get the the um, exact distances wrong, but the, the um, broad Um, intent correct which was if kids over the last 20 years have been allowed freely to walk say 100 meters from their home uh, their parents would have been allowed so so perhaps our generation and slightly older would have been allowed to walk 1.5 miles from home and this is I don't know say um, 8 through to 14 and their grandparents would have been allowed to to walk, well, up to 10 miles from their home without consequence. And there is one of the, the things that the book is looking at is there, there is real world consequences, like long term developmental consequences from having such a limited outlook, a limited horizon, couldn't limited exposure right. to risk.
1: Yeah, couldn't, 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 you couldn't be more mm. right. Um, so, <laughs> you're quite like this. This is but, but, but
2: just, just but just for you. But just just to echo one thing Phil said, World Rugby have done a lot of things very very well in this area, and one that's been in the news a lot, which we don't need to go into. But I'll just say that they the way that they have dealt with very systematically and very sympathetically. But I believe come to absolutely the right conclusion uh, is the trans issue in sport. They've been a beacon in, in the world of sport. They're, they've been in a leadership, role, a leadership role. And the way that they've dealt with that should actually fill us with, with a bit of confidence that they can navigate what might be tricky terrain. Yeah, well.
1: I'd have no yes. confidence whatsoever that that position will stick. Zero. I think that that is the initial position. I don't think it'll it, it'll last. But there again, it's not really my battle. I couldn't care less. So, um, mm. you know, do what you want. Um just uh, on Phil's book book reading. So uh, the other day, uh, Phil mentioned that you... Did you read a brain injury book?
3: Yes, that was actually one reference. Uh, the Wayfinding book got me onto that brain injury book.
1: Right, okay. So Phil re- re- um, read that uh, brain injury book, and you mentioned it on the other podcast. And I thought, bloody hell, I need to up my game. I'm reading a lot of books, but I tend, I tend to read the same subject over and over again. I've not really expanded my mind at all so i'm going to get myself a new book uh so i uh, asked a few friends of mine who i respect their opinions of interesting books that they read and they've given me some great books on philosophy and whatnot do you know what i do you know what i picked in the end tim hungry caterpillar Uh, Not far off. It's called "The Death of the Territories: How Vince McMahon Dominated Wrestling." So, um, wow, (laughs) awesome. So, I will come back to you with some nice little wrestling wrestling references at some point. Amazing, and one
2: that's an end.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, one of the things that he did to uh, revolutionise wrestling. Attracted families in by uh, <laughs> by sanitising wrestling, so uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe don't listen to Vince McMahon just yet. <laughs> We're not Amazing getting better when, than
3: that.
2: We're not getting better than that.
1: Yeah, when uh, when life imitates art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I think put these proposals on hold because there are actual concrete proposals, and I've scanned through them. I know we've only read them on what's up so far quickly so why don't we digest them properly and come back to this on sunday perfect wonderful perfect. uh what are we on what on earth have we, uh, we are on 54 minutes a, a very brief podcast uh anyone want to talk about anything else before we go
3: yeah no i'm, I'm gonna to go to bed
1: okay i'm gonna catch up with love island tim <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to the gym are you really nice no, Sit, sit. Late yeah. Say
2: that well, again, cause,
1: Tim. Cause... sorry. Say that again. I'm going to the gym. No, no. The other thing you uh, you said. Oh, I, sorry. I thought you asked how much did I uh, squat clean today. That was a that that, that was a 122, <laughs> 122 kilograms. <today.
3: laughs> well done, JB. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Very
1: good, mate. Very good. It's not bad, is it? Uh, where are you going to the gym? That's so why no, where where
2: I'm going to the i've I've got um for the times I'm based in London, I've got myself pure gym, so i'm I can go to wherever I am and I'm going to the one in by St Paul's today
1: wow, Only... because I
2: because I don't need to start till late in the morning and I work all evening uh why not yeah, going go shift some tin now
1: excellent That's and cool. you get and you get empty squat racks too. yeah. For curls and well, yeah,
2: yeah, and the the Olympic platform with the with the with the red, yellow, red, blue, yellow, and green weights will be free as well. Do this have... feels better? Yeah. Just lifting those just feels better.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Apparently, we have an Elenco employee who listens to this podcast. Oh, if yeah, is... yeah. No, I've,
2: I've 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 had an email from him. Don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll all good. I'll I'll fill you in.
1: Yeah, well, if he, if Phil doesn't, if Tim doesn't fill me in, whoever you are, get in contact with me immediately, please. <laughs> Right, it's all right.
2: It's in hand.
1: All right, so you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Beardmore. Tim is at Cocker. This podcast is at Rugby Podcast. You can find us at the North Dorset Sevens. We've got the live show, so go to North Dorset Sevens to find out about that. We need one more over thirty-five player. If you are that person, we want uh, we want to hear from you. and after all of that public service announcement, I'm happy to say that we will be back on Sunday as well. So from me, Tim and Phil, have a very good night and uh, see you Sunday. Goodbye. Good work.